HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Roth, Wisconsin, makers of the world's best cheese and pioneers in the U.S. artisan cheese movement. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network. Today is Monday, November 21st. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Arpozo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work into me as at wordsfoodart.com. I'm 35, straight and single. And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am an actor, writer, musician, occasional bartender, and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 34, straight and in a relationship. I love you, Ben. I love you. Oh my god, that was the sweetest, most nice surprise of the day I so just, far. I just wanted to say that because I do. I love you. Aww. Uh, I love you too, David. We have right back we, at you. We aww. We we have Dave in oh, the booth it's so today. It's so warm. In it here is. Right that feels now. like a good way to start the show off this today. This wintry day is now yeah. just a little bit warmer. This cold day in the dining room at Roberta's is empty, and so it's eerie. It's weird. It's a weird day in New York City, and we have. Not the lightest, fluffiest show for you today, folks. We have a we have a real show. We have a real show with the the most beautiful, loveliest performer coming up. True um, that. Yeah, I'm very excited. After the break today, we are going to be joined by Lindsay Benner in the third of our series on familial love. Lindsay is a friend of ours from college, actually. She's a virtuoso variety performer based in L.A. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were going to have Lindsay on the show after we had the burlesque performer Velvetina Taylor on because Lindsay is a variety performer. But she actually was going through the loss of her father during that time. And so we had to reschedule. And so now it's fitting we're having her back on to talk about that loss a little bit and how she's dealt with that period of grief following the loss of another family member not that Mm. long beforehand. So we're going to talk about that a little bit after the break. Um, But first, why don't we kick off with, Ben, what is one thing that you have not been doing for yourself 
the past week or two that let's let's set a goal. Let's start the show by setting a goal. What's one thing you were going to do for yourself this week that you have not been doing? Hmm. Okay, let's set a goal. Um, I am going to uh, do a better job allowing myself to deal with things the way I deal with them, to give myself permission to um, allow myself to cope with my own stress in the way that I do, regardless of maybe how it what do you, how have you not been? Like, what is the way that you cope that you feel like you have not been? Which is um, fitting because well, we're going to talk about coping mechanisms yeah, very shortly. Well, I have been, um, up until the last seven months, single for almost seven years. Um, and so I am used to dealing with a lot of um, my problems by myself. Or I shouldn't say by myself. I have a great support network of friends. Um, but when I'm like hit with a stressful thing, I've typically been alone. And so I've dealt with like the immediate effects of things on my life by myself. And now I'm spending a lot of the time that I normally would have been spending alone throughout that course of that period with a partner. Um, and so sometimes like I get news or I get information or things affect me and I'm around someone else and someone else who is like, I have a very intimate and close relationship with who I don't want to hide things from and who I don't want to, um, close out. So what Um, way this week do you need to cope that you have not been allowing yourself to? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I need to allow myself to, um, share more freely with her, um, and, or not, and not get frustrated by, with myself or my ability to not share or to share. You gotcha. So not like guilt, not feel guilty if you're not doing it the right way. If you're yeah, like, exactly. Very interesting. Yeah. How about you? What's your, what's your goal? Mine is pretty simple. It's the opposite of what I said last week when last week we're like, what are we going to do to show self love? And I was like, I'm going to love other people more and be a sounding board for other people. <laughs> I did that a lot. And now I need the opposite. I need to turn off from other people. I think a little bit yesterday, I didn't go on social media and I, didn't text boys back and I just spent time by myself and read a book until reading a book made me sad. And then I did work and I made food and I had a girlfriend over for dinner and we just talked and, and then I spent time alone. And so I think, uh, doing things that feel good for myself is what I need to do this week and and taking better care of myself this week is what I need to do. So that's my goal. I wish you the best of luck in Likewise. achieving that goal. Likewise. So now let's talk about um, coping mechanisms, because after the break, we are going to speak with Lindsay about coping during grief. But keeping co- coping mechanisms in mind, what is something that you are, what's a big thing you're dealing with right now in regards to sort of something similar to what you said, as far as like how I'm curious as to how we cope with the day-to-day when either something really good is happening and maybe it's distracting us or when shit is really hard. So what's some, what's like a struggle or a triumph you're going through right now that feels pretty immediate? Because I feel like even our energy in the studio, we're both sort of, you know, seeming not like we're just not as boisterous and yeah. not as open. And I feel like that's, that's an energy happening in a lot of our circles right now where people are just a little bit um, not comfortable. So, sure. so what's I mean, going I on think, in your life? I think similarly to what I, we discussed last week for me is um, dealing with some familial issues surrounding the holidays. Um, yeah, you just got back from 
Tennessee, Louisiana, one of the places down there. Tennessee, where Tennessee. my girlfriend lives. And actually, that was a really nice trip, even though maybe there was like some a little bit of anxiety going into it. Like I had a great time um, meeting a lot of her friends and spending some more time with her family, who I'd met very briefly in the past. Um, but I think in regards to my more immediate family, I've been playing sort of the mediator and the sort of like the go-between guy for, like, a lot of issues that are cropping up. And I've kind of been, like, talking, you know, people aren't communicating with each other as much as I'm kind of communicating with everyone and passing the oh, message family. along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, holidays. Here yes. we go. Yay. Yes. So that's been a little bit of a struggle for me. And um, I wouldn't say that I'm experiencing grief over it, um, but it has been stressful and it's been causing some anxiety and it's just So how are you coping with that? Because also listeners, if you haven't tuned in in a while, like after Thanksgiving, Ben leaves in a couple of weeks to go to Oregon for a while. So you're not going to be around for Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's. So it's sort of it probably gives extra pressure too that you've got Thanksgiving and the girlfriend coming home with you and then you're like, peace, I'm out of here. So it's sort of very immediate in that regards too. So like, how are you coping with the the moving pieces of all of this. Yeah, like, how I mean, do you I, actually do that? I, good question. I mean, I don't know. I'm flying totally by the seat of my pants and I'm just trying to take it moment by moment and do the best that I can. And I think the way that I'm coping with my stress over it and the way that I, it, you know, it's good to actually have this conversation because when you actually name the thing that you want right. to do, then you can actually do it. Like, right. I, I, I don't know that I've been doing such like the best job having a strategy or, or like a real coping mechanism in place i've been kind of like just trying to cope right you know? well like you said it's been seven years since you've had you know a, a partner and a girlfriend to deal with some of these things with and now you're throwing that into the mix with holidays and and ch- and changing and like changing scenarios. family dynamics right. with like now a single my mom is single after having been married for a long time and this is sort of like one of the first holidays will be we're like trying to integrate that whole thing. Um, so like that's new as well. Um, so I think to name something that I should be and can be doing. And I think you said it and we both said it last week is that self love. I think everything just kind of falls under the umbrella of self love when it comes to coping and dealing with these types of things. Um, but to be more specific, um, I think I can, realize that not everything needs to fall on my shoulders. Um, you know, I'm doing the best I can and I, uh, you know, part of the issue is that my parents are divorced and like, there's trying to deal with family the best way you can around the holidays can be tricky when there's different families to deal with instead of just the one family unit, if that makes sense. And there's a lot of pressure around the holidays. And then, I feel like a running through line of this show for you, Ben, is the pressure you put on yourself yeah. too, and the fear of of sabotaging, you know, of self sabotage because of the you set yourself up for high expectations in your relationships. For so sure. That's, so I'm trying to yeah. remember that you know, I didn't choose to be in this situation, right? and I'm doing the best I can within it. Right. And if I can't please everyone, then I can't please everyone, and I'm trying Good. to do my best just to please myself. Yes. Very good. I'm proud of you, Ben. Because also, it's like, like why do, you don't always have to be the person to handle everything, too. I'm sure it feels that way, you know. But I feel like it it often falls upon one family member's shoulders 
to be and I have the other family members and, who do a lot of work and have had a lot fall on their shoulders as well so right. I'm certainly not the only one right but there, yes there are times it feels that yeah. way yeah so just again recognizing it is Absolutely. a good is a big step yeah Jacqueline what's going on with you Ugh. <laughs> well, great sound <laughs> well to get to the to get to the punchline to get to like the coping mechanism the 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 biggest thing I'm struggling with I think is um, doing is feeling like again I have a great support support system of friends. But uh, I feel like my life is not a lot of things across the board of my life are not stable. But despite the instability of my work life, my finances, my health and the romantic things that I'm going through, the ups and downs of the gentlemen that I am that are coming in and out of my life. Um, I Rapid don't, fire. <laughs> it's, cr- it's, I just don't understand from, from not dating for months to like now being like, I can, Jacqueline, you cannot date three men at a time again. So just stop. Don't even accidentally get well. fall into that. No, 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 no. Um, but I feel like things are very unstable uh, across the board, meaning that there's potential for great things to happen, but there's also potential for things to not happen. And that changes with a text and with an email and that's crazy. And the problem, so the problem is that I still feel like I have the tools to handle this and be a supportive friend and sibling and partner. And I'm not feeling that back romantically. And so I'm feeling being single right now and still dealing with getting to know men romantically and having, because a lot of people are going through things right now, I feel like I am able with the gentleman that I date at different stages of getting to know people, I'm able to go through shit and still get to know somebody and be supportive mm. to them with the shit that they're going through and be an emotional support and get to know them and not freak out and be patient and be a stable human being and be there for them. And I'm honestly not and and this is going to sound egotistical and I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. Like I want to be prioritized more. I feel like I'm good at that for men that like, I'm good at like helping them talk through hard shit and being there for them and being this deep person and, you know, making out like, we you know, we can still have a great makeout session and then talk about something serious and we can, it's like I, but then I feel like I, there comes a point where then all of a sudden I'm not getting enough back and I'm not feeling prioritized and it's, and that hurts. And then I find myself being like, wow, I just put a lot out there and something that two days ago felt reciprocal and very good now doesn't. So, and that hurts. So, the, um, so there's kind of two issues at play here. One is how do you cope with the hurt of that experience? And two is, you know, how do you take care of yourself so that you get what you want. Right. The coping and the the hurt, the hurt from that I move on pretty quickly from. That I don't find that I'm ha- I'm hung up upon. It's more like once I recognize it, like oh, this person was making me feel very good for a couple of days, and those interactions were, and now they're not, and this is the pattern that they're now showing. Then I can put that aside and be like, all right, that person is dealing with something, and they can't deal with me too anymore. Like, and that's fine because that's just where they are. It's more as far as coping those like. I yesterday I was like, all right, I'm not going to spend the day texting guys and messaging and figuring out and prioritizing how I'm going to see or not see this person or these people. I'm going to take the day for myself. I'm going to go off social media. I'm going to spend it with a friend who I know cares about me rather than rather than inviting this guy over for dinner. I'm going to keep my day open. And oh, a friend and my girlfriend texted to see if I wanted to have dinner. That feels better. Um and as far as just coping overall, just shifting and I shifting in the moment, like you were saying, it's like if it feels good, you know, if it 
as far as self-care if it feels good in the moment to sit and read a book then i'm gonna sit and read a book if it gets like i was reading kat kinsman she was a former guest of ours i was reading her memoir and it felt really good to do to read and then all the, the sudden the point comes where like she meets her future husband and he gives her this beautiful line about sparks between them and because of a bad experience i had being told that there the, the guy wasn't feeling sparks for me i started crying and i felt alone it was horrible i was like all right that's not working anymore Go to your computer and start working on the piece that you want to work because now that's going to make you feel better and productive, you know. So it's it's coping in the moment with what's going to work. And if I need to do that for me right now and last week it was other people this week, it's me. And that's okay, You know, like that's the coping mechanism right now. It's it's like having balance in the moment. I think it's more than okay, And I think it's again to you know, feed a point we've talked about in the past. You can't even really be there for someone else, which I know is important to you. As a person, like you really like to be part of someone else's sports system. You really are a very caring, giving person, but you can't be the most giving person if you haven't been there for yourself first and you're not well, really the in thing a place. Is, I feel like I can be a giving person because I'm there for myself. It's just that I, at this point, I'm only, I only want to prior, prioritize somebody if they can be there for me too, is the thing. And I'm t- like, and I just have a, later I will figure out why I have a pattern of being with guys who just don't have the cojones enough to be as much as good at it as i am like i just need to find a guy who can go through serious shit and be as strong at helping me with my serious shit as i am with him and well, that's the ego part three I'm at talking a time about. you should find one pretty quick it's not <laughs> should i'm just should, kidding right no should is true um but anyway anyway well, before i think did you have something to say no or? i just think it sounds like we both have some things that we'll get yeah. to work on this week and i'm yeah. looking forward to getting to hear back and how um, effective they were for you. And likewise, likewise. Um, so before we get to our break, I do want to talk a little bit about our upcoming guest, Lindsay Benner, because one of the shows she does, so Lindsay is a juggler. She's sort of a vaudeville performer. She's a street performer. She's an actor. She got her degree in acting, which Ben and I, with Ben and I in the same program. Um, so we originally had asked her on to discuss one of her shows, the book of love, which depending on the audience she's working with, uh, can be sort of like a very, uh, Lucille, ball slash charlie chaplin you know silent story where she basically she's got seven chapters of this book and she seduces an audience member and there's juggling and there's boob dingers which i'm just gonna let you google that just google boob dingers and it'll just make you happy um you know for her street performance variation like she juggles fire at the end and she is charming and it's and she's full of love and she's magical just in her in her being um, it's she's got so much talent and so much heart, and that's just one of the things that she does. So that's what we're going to have her on about because, especially, we have the show, we have somewhat public lives, and so when you're going through crap, it's hard to show up at your job for anybody. And when your job is a public job where you have to get on a stage and talk about love it just gets harder, right? Mm. Like, you know, when you have to sort of project something that maybe is hard to project in that moment. So that's why we have Lindsay coming up after the break. So yeah, that's that. So after the break, we've got Lindsay Benner joining us. And then next week we have my sisters coming on the show to talk about sisterly love. Maybe your sisters will give me some dirt. My, if anybody in my, if anybody in my family is going to give you, lo- going to give you dirt, it's going to be my younger sister, Maggie. So my sister, Maggie is going to be in the studio. My sister, Jessica's calling in. So come back next week. We're talking about sisterly love next week on the show. And then this coming week, it's Thanksgiving. Of course it's Monday. Thanksgiving is Thursday. So on top of all the food, we're excited to eat. Uh, we are thankful for you. Our listeners, 
listeners, and we are thankful to Heritage Radio for hosting our show and having us here. So please, if you are looking for another person to give money to this time of year when we're all trying to make ourselves feel better by donating money to the causes that we care about, um, throw some Heritage Radio Network's way. You know, we're a nonprofit, and we have like 35 shows a week about things that are not as silly as our you know, talking about love and sex show here, you know, we talk about farming and cheese and Japanese food and school politics, like, you know, school food, like serious stuff that really matters. So go to heritageradionetwork.org, click on the beating heart. What Love band? really matters. Love too. does really matter. Of course. Of course. I love this show. I love this show that we get to do. And I love that heritage lets us do it. Um, but you know, as far as, you know, polit- like politics and food and, and sustainability and all this, give me love things, any day. That's why you're here, Ben. That's why you had this brilliant idea. I, this would be a much different show if I was doing it by myself. We'd have far, we'd have a far dorkier listening audience if it was just me. <laughs> anyway, uh, go to heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the beating heart. Donate some money. Tell them, tell them that Ben sent you for Love Bites' his way, basically. And we would be very, very thankful. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. We'll be right back after the break. And this one's Gotta Get You Back by Alan Wilkes. We'll be right back. Have you tasted the world's best cheese? Grand Cru Sirchois is the 2016 World Cheese Champion. Our partners at Roth, Wisconsin make this gorgeous Alpine-style cheese in the rolling hills of Greene County, Wisconsin. Grand Cru Sorchois is produced by hand in Swiss copper vats and finished by aging on spruce planks. The quality milk and careful craftsmanship bring out the award-winning light floral notes, nutty undertones, a hint of fruitiness, and a mellow finish. Perfect with Riesling and Muscat, Grand Cru Sorchois is a guaranteed hit for any occasion. Check out their other offerings at RothCheese.com. You'll discover Buttermilk Blue and their newest release, Prairie Sunset the golden-hued love child of Mimolette and Gouda. You'll also find recipes like the raclette Reuben and tomato tartlets. Everything you need to know about the world's best cheese is at rothcheese.com. Lindsay Benner. Jeez, it warms the cockles of my heart just to say that name. Is a virtuoso entertainer with a twinkle in her eye and a heart of gold. Aww. She has performed all over the globe, has become a favorite at the Magic Castle in Hollywood, and her successful college tours have led her led to her being awarded Variety Artist of the Year and Juggler of the Year from the Association for the Promotion of Campus Activities, a rare honor for a solo woman in this field. Lindsay's performances showcase her wide variety of skills, which range from acting to physical comedy to juggling. But her greatest skill of all is that rare ability to connect with her audience and bring them the joy and wonder of the present moment. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Hi, love. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're hanging out in like your dorm room, Ugh. Jackie, right now. Drinking in drinking 2002. Tea. Drinking tea. <laughs> um, that would make yeah. me happy. That make yeah, me happy. that's what we were drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we were been, drinking tea. Oh, we were. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, totally, totally. It was totally just tea. Totally just tea. 
Um, so, Lindsay, just to start us off um, today, because we are a show about love, we just want to start quickly with your show, The Book of Love, and just ask you what you enjoy most about performing it uh, regarding how it connects you with other human beings and the strangers in your audience. Yeah, I, I love uh, working silently. I started working silently about seven years ago, and uh, it's, it's, my, it's my favorite part because it's this clown that comes out of me that's um, very uh, relatable and I love whenever I do something that I feel like the audience is connecting to, that's a, they're connecting to a part of me because it's this, um, it, and that clown that I do, I, because it's all about love and it's all about falling in love, I, I am trying to impress on this level that is so deep and so real, I think, for anybody who's ever been in courtship or wanted somebody to like them, um, it's this deep desire to impress and to do something that would make them like you. And uh, that's truly why I became a juggler in, my, in all my infinite wisdom when I was an adolescent. <laughs> I thought it might make the boys think that I was cool. And so um, I, I started juggling doing that. And so this show really came about as, a, as, as an absolute mirror of my desperation to be loved and uh, to have some, some boy think that I was cute. Which, so it's fun. It, whenever whenever people laugh at that part, I I feel this like, oh yeah, we were all, <laughs> we, we all get it. We all we're all there oh. at some point. Yeah, which listeners, I mean, that's what Lindsay literally does in the beginning of the show. She's seducing, you know, an audience member in the most charming and genuine way without words, which is really uh, impressive as an audience member to get to see you do, Lindsay, to get to see how you've crafted this this clown in this show. Uh, so when you're doing this, because your show is about love and about connecting and, and it is reliant in a way on the participation of an audience member and on the reactions to what you're doing from the audience, uh, what is the greatest challenge when just going, I'm going to go directly to the dark side, uh, what's the greatest challenge mm-hmm. when you're having a rough day or when you're struggling with something, how do you sort of recenter to connect with the love and connect with that sort of open vulnerability when you've got hard things on your mind? What do you do? Well, I, I've been performing for uh, for about 15 years and doing, doing variety shows uh, for, for about that long. And, you know, I've been working, with this particular show, The Book of Love, for seven or eight years, something like that. And so for me, it's, it's, a, place of, um, it's a place of comfort uh, because I know what I'm doing. I, I know this is something I've done many, many times before, and so I, I, I find great comfort in doing it. I may, um, you know, I may not want to leave the house, but once I have left the house and I have and I am connecting with people in this way that's very familiar to me, it's very comfortable. I've, I've done it many times before. And I just, I mean, I, getting people to laugh when, when you're on stage and people laugh at what you're doing when it's intentional is, uh, is it's, it's, it feels so good. It's, it's such a, it's such a deep way to connect with people. Um, I don't want to make it sound bigger than it is. It's not super deep, but it's like, it's just a, it's, 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 it's very, uh, it makes me feel connected and feel like I'm not alone. So for me, it's a, it's a source of comfort. Mm. That's beautiful. That feels good to hear. Um, 
it's been interesting just even putting out the social media for this episode because we've had people reaching out to us both online and then just people even texting me saying people that I know who's, who have lost parents recently. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know how you and I haven't discussed how it was going to feel for you to come on the show, but thank you for coming on because the the loss you've gone through is so recent. But um, before mm-hmm. we start, we get into that, can you just tell us about your father and about, um, you know, what about your, your, up, your creative upbringing and what about him is infused into the creative professional life that you have? Uh, well, my, both of my parents are academics. They both have PhDs and they're very smart people and um, uh, very well read. And my father grew up without... Uh, being able to watch movies, that was part of, he was, he was in very strict religious, um, uh, religion, uh, the Nazarene faith, was the sect of Protestantism. And, um, he wasn't allowed to dance or watch movies or, um, or no alcohol or anything like that. So it was, you know, he, um, he, when he broke away from that and sort of started making his own roles, he just fell in love with movies. He became a huge movie buff and he loved entertainment and, one of my favorite things to do with my dad was watching movies with him or watching TV shows. And really, he just connected so deeply. He really took it in. Um, he was so smart and so perceptive. And so watching entertainment with him was so uh, enriching. And he, he, he was a big history buff as well. So watching documentaries with him was really fun because he would fill in the blanks and of, of, you know, fill, fill in a little extra information and and he was just—he was so fun to watch things with because he was very participate. He would participate, and he would—he had this amazing laugh, and it was just really fun, really fun to take in entertainment with him. He's a, as a lover of entertainment. Can you share what he loved the most about your work? Um, I'm not—I'm not sure exactly what he loved the most, but I, I know that he—you know—when he first saw me perform in high school, he. He, he said he would say, you know, he said, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't support you doing this if I didn't think you could, you could do it, if you, if you could be successful at it, and I really think you could be. So I think that was, he really supported me from the very start of me becoming obsessed with being an, an entertainer, and, um, and you know, through the years I've, I've performed with some, some uh, pretty, pretty big name comedians just because I, I, I ended up at this at a couple of really great comedy clubs and. He, you know, getting to, to perform with with some of these big names that we used to watch on television together was, was really fun for him. But he he would um, when he would come and see my shows. I think the the real uh, the real moment that that I would know that I was doing all right is when he would do this. The, There's a special laugh that he would do that would always make me want to run into the into the TV room to see what he was laughing at. You know, you know it was just like high. It was like this high pitch, like <laughs> you know that that's like. That's the moment it was like it was really good and he really got him, you know. And so I had a couple of those moments when he was watching me um, when I first started getting into comedy and I was at the Groundlings and I, he came to see my show at the Groundlings and he came to see my show um, when I did a stand-up comedy workshop. And in both of those cases, I, I, I did all right and I knew I did all right because he can't fake that laugh, you know. Yeah. I, got, I, got that, I got that special dad laugh. And so that, I think, was... Was the, mo- was the most telltale sign that he, that he liked what I did. 
Oh, yay. Um, So walk us through, like, I think it's scary that, you know, and speaking of the fact that we have friends who've gone through loss of a parent, we're at that age where it feels where they, it's like, wait, no, we're way too young to be at that age. But, you know, you're in your 30s and your 40s and you have more and more friends dealing with parents going through significant health issues and parents passing away. And it's, it's like, wait, no, this is way too fast. So um, if you wouldn't mind, share sort of what was, what were you feeling when you first went through your father's diagnosis and how did that, how did that hit you? Uh, I mean, it, it was completely devastating. I, I, uh, I, my skin felt hot. I, I knew that this was, this was just, this was the beginning of a very different stage of my life. Um, he was such a pillar in our family. He was such a rock in our family. Um, he took really good care of my mother and was really supportive. They were a real team. And he was always this uh, incredible support to me and my brother and, and so, many, uh, so many of our friends as well, you know. So, um, sorry, but it just, I mean, the air was different, you know. Things were different. And I knew things were going to be different. It was completely devastating and I I felt really fortunate that I had I had to do a show that day um and so I was I like I had to put on my makeup and I had to put on eyelashes and I had to go and perform and it it was like I mean it was like moving through a different atmosphere you know and I was really grateful that I had that to do because it got me out of my out of my out of my sorrow, you know, and it got me into something that was was that I knew how to do, that I that I had comfort in, um, and then I was around some friends, and and that that helped. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it was like. It was just it was an absolute devastation. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm curious if you learned anything new about your father from the way he handled the diagnosis and his situation? I don't know if I learned anything. I feel like I, I knew how resourceful and, and, um, and amazing and full of grace he, he was. Um, but it was a really beautiful thing to witness how he processed, um, his shelf life, as he called it. He, he had his little, he, he, he used Twinkies as a way to sort of uh, inspire him <laughs> to to uh, the shelf life of a Twinkie was, you know, because it was pumped full of chemicals and he was going to go through chemo. And he had this he, he put this Twinkie on on uh, on the shelf to remind him that, you know, he's, he's got a shelf life and it hmm. and it can be longer than maybe it should be <laughs> 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 as sort of an inspiration. So he. He, he wrote and he, he wrote things about you know he, he really took it a, he took the, un, the the knowledge that he had a, he had only a few you know however many months he had he didn't know but you know it, it, when the first diagnosis happened it was three to six months was the first diagnosis and so um, just knowing that he had that amount of time uh, it got him it got him writing and talking and really um, Thing, what he what he had to say um, on Facebook. He wrote some really great, amazing things about life and his perspective and um, what it's like to, to go through this and and um, 
wrote stuff about my mom, and it was it was a it was a time of reflection, and he really took advantage of it, and so that was really beautiful. Everyone seems to have an opinion as to how. One of the things, as somebody who you know is friends with you on Facebook and got to read that, I was very. Uh, it it stuck with me how unapologetic in a way your father was about that writing. There was a lot of grace and a lot of honesty because, you know, at that point, what do you have to lose? Um, you know, you can just say what's on your mind and you are dealing with something very present and, you know, on the, and on the flip side, we, you know, without worry about judgment from people. And on the flip side, there's a lot of sort of judgment and people telling other people how to mourn, how to process. And, you know, with what Ben and I were talking earlier about coping mechanisms, there's sort of a lot of like, this is how you cope with something like this. So mm-hmm. without, you know, how other people were telling you how to cope or how to mourn, what was your approach throughout this process of dealing with knowing your father was going to be passing? And then as that was happening, how did you go about just processing through the period? Well, yeah, you know, one thing I think I really got to understand about grief is that it is as universal and as unique as our thumbprint. And we, I think, you know, I, I, I didn't have the experience that I think a lot of people do of anger. Like I didn't, I didn't go through that. I, I just felt this, this hunk, I felt this. It's hard to describe because it's it's really you're getting through something that you just don't want to be real that you don't want to be um, what you're what you're going through and you know like I like we all know that we're going to go through this at some point we all know that we're going to lose our parents some of us are fortunate to have them for a, for a longer period of time and and some of them not and and uh, I think my approach was was. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, pro, I'm still going to, I don't even know what my, I can't even, I'm not even sure I can, I can tell you what my approach is because I feel so, so, so in it still, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am very, I feel like one thing I learned about, about what has felt good to me is that I, because it is such an intense experience and it, and I feel so much about it, I don't, I don't want to talk to people about it that much. I don't feel the need to call friends and talk to them um even though often my friends want to call and they want to talk and they want to be there for me which i really appreciate but i i it's so much and it's so available to be upset about that i've just tried to find the joy as much joy and as much places of stability that i can in this time of complete you know shift in my world, uh, in my reality, in my stability. Um, so I think that's, that, that has been my approach is just being really gentle with myself and finding as many pockets of joy and the things that make me happy. Um, I love throwing parties. I love, I love entertaining. I love going to, um, you know, I've had, I've been so blessed with the gigs that I've had. I, I've really cleared my schedule as soon as I found out that my dad was ill. Um, I was supposed to do a, I was supposed to pr- produce a whole new show. I was going to be, I was going to be creating an entirely new show and putting it on at the um, Hollywood Fringe Festival. And I just, I canceled it because I'm like, I can't, this is not, I'm, 
creativity is such a vulnerable state and I was I was too vulnerable to begin with and I and I didn't know you know how when I was going to need to go and be with my father so I just canceled everything and in that canceling everything you know he was doing well and he it looked like he was going to have longer than we thought and so I I ended up with all these gigs that um just fell in my lap some really amazing uh, uh entertainment opportunities that were fun and and pleasurable and made me feel happy and excited and so I I was I feel like I I got really lucky during this time and I and I also just focused on what what made me happy and what made me feel founded we're, we're a food show here, so we kind of have to ask, speaking of things that make us feel joyful from time to time, um, is there anything you've, like, are binging on right now or any f- delicious thing you've eaten that's helped take your mind off it for a moment or two? Or oh, drank, yeah. for that matter? It's been, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I've, I've definitely gained some weight <laughs> during this time. And I'm, and I'm, it's, I'm fine with it. It's, it's, I think any it's those moments of comfort, you know. So like, if, you know, if there's a good pie, <laughs> I'll eat some of that. I love toast. I'll eat all the toast, and um, and uh, rum. Rum's great. Rum. Uh, <laughs> me, me and my brother drank a lot of rum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like the last couple of weeks, you know, he my it was it was, we did home hospice care, which is it's just quite a lot. And, um, and, you know, you just don't, you don't leave the house for more than like, I, I don't think I left the house for more than an hour a day if I even did that. Um, so I was barely moving and I was, I was just taking whatever, you know, chocolate covered pretzels, all of the, all of the carbs, <laughs> all of the carbs, all, all of, of the, the carbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I, I knew at the time I'm like, this isn't good, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. And it was fine. Well, before we let you go, um, thank you so much for for opening up and sharing, especially given that you haven't really wanted to be talking to people about this. We appreciate <laughs> you doing this on a public platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait for you. You guys. I know. No. Uh, so we. I'm bet- really, I, honest, honestly, Jacqueline, I'm really honored and I'm, I'm really honored that you guys asked me to do this. And you too. I, 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 I appreciate you guys having me on your show. And it's, I, it's 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 more it's not that I never want to talk about it. It's just I I really had to since it was always a present thing. It was it was important for me to to make sure that it wasn't that I wasn't doing it too much because it would then it would just become overwhelming. Right. Well, so. yeah. Again, that goes to what we were saying before as far as doing what you need in the moment and whether it's leaning into pain mm-hmm. or whether it's focusing on pleasure. It's just you know not mm-hmm. setting expectations for how you're supposed mm-hmm. to behave and, and the self-care. So, you know, before the break, when we started the show, Ben and I uh, asked ourselves one one task that we can give ourselves this week just as we struggle with whatever we're struggling with that is sort of a, a positive, productive self-love. And we had, you know, you touched upon just being there for yourself. Um, and that's very obviously very important in doing what you need to do and just living through the process that you're going through right now. So is there anything that you feel like you have not been doing for yourself that you just want to set as a goal or an intention as you move through your time that you can share with us? 
Yes, I'm. I'm going to be working out a lot. Uh, I was so out of my body um, during the, the the period of grief. It was so hard for me to. I, you get really tired when you're grieving, um, and so it's good to. I. I. It felt. It felt right to lie down a lot and to just rest and be be where I was at. Um, but now that I'm I'm coming out of it, I'm I'm nesting in my house and I just I'm ready to get back in my body. So that's that's what I'll do. I'll get get back mm. in my body, do some Pilates, do some hiking. Yay! Oh, being in California, yeah. Southern California, you can know, do that. Just go for a hike. Just go for a hike because we live in California. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> well, considering how awesome your state is being right now, I think you might have some New Yorkers, you know, contemplating a move to California. So we might see you <laughs> Come soon. Visit. Come I was visit. like, I might actually might go to LA now. Um, well, thank Yay. you so much for joining us, darling. We really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for for sharing. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Love you. Nice to hear your voices. Nice to hear your voice. Our our pleasure. Um, Listeners, you can find out more about Lindsay. She sent us some amazing photos, which are on our uh, Instagram page. There are just ridiculously awesome photos of her, including this great. Yeah, the one you sent us about food, like it's just it's just really delightful. So check out our yeah yeah love it. Check out our Instagram page for a quote from Lindsay about Lindsay uh, about Lindsay's father from Lindsay for these awesome. Uh, pictures from her. Her handle is Lindsay Benner. That's Lindsay with an A. You can find out more about her at lindsaybenner.com and on our website, lovebitesradio.com. That is our show for today. Uh, Come back next week as we're talking about sibling love with my sisters, Jessica and Maggie, in the studio. Plus, we're going to pick Ben's brain about uh, brotherly love, too. Uh Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. So until then, <laughs> thanks as always to our engineer, David, today. Our theme song is Give Love by Josh Dion. We are so thankful for you. So uh, please have a beautiful day of thanks on Thursday. We are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt, and we'll be back live in the studio next Monday right here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. See ya. Save the world. Help me save the world. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.